But you say he's just a friend And you say he's just a friend And we're live with Luke Gralia. What up? Special guest. Mm-hmm. I'm adjusting some levels. Luke, how goes it? How goes it? It goes. It goes. I'm uh, a little nervous right now because of the coronavirus scare. Um, Do you live somewhere where you could potentially be exposed? I mean, I know where you live. I don't. I've actually. Regret I don't know. That. I don't know. I mean, I. I don't know anything about it, which I think is why I'm so scared. I'm not um, scared of the coronavirus at all. Really? I don't know why? I have no fear for it. I feel wow. like. You're probably gonna get it. I'm so I'm sort of under the. I think it's sort of like kind of a media scare. Remember Ebola? I do remember Ebola. Ebola. Was like the same thing. It was scary. That's true. But this is more real than Ebola. I think. I think more people have this than they did Ebola. Ebola, I will never forget because it came to New York. The first case in New York was on my birthday in 2014. And it and it showed up in New York. Wasn't didn't someone on like a plane on my birthday it? in 2014? Also, Ebola seemed way more fatal than coronavirus. It did, yeah, but it, I think more people have coronavirus than they did. Coronavirus is just a respiratory thing, whereas Ebola was like your insides melt. Right. Like it was some really brutal shit. Yeah. Also, and again, this might just be like, because I think I literally saw this on like a meme, so this is probably not true, but I saw somewhere that like the genetics of like why people won't get corona. I've seen that too. I've seen that not in memes. Just so based I can on like verify, yeah. Or I don't know if it's Luke white Rally people. Luke saw that in White Power Quarterly, I, yeah. <laughs> his favorite website. Yeah, subscribe. Um, He's no, a contributing author. I saw that. Uh, I think I don't know if it's necessarily white people can't get it, but I think it's Chinese are more susceptible to it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm not scared. And ironically, I did get like a crazy respiratory flu like mm-hmm. a few weeks before the whole outbreak thing. Mm-hmm. So I also feel like is this made up? Is this just like Grey's Anatomy logic? But like, aren't you like stronger right after you get sick? Yes, typically. So I don't know. So, I yeah, feel particularly immune. You've got I a mean, shield. We do spend an inordinate amount of time in like Chinatown. sort of the Chinatown Lower East Side area. Mm-hmm. But I still, I don't, I don't know. I think it's kind of all the government's care. Has there been a case in New York? I don't know. I think there's been cases in like Massachusetts or something yeah. like that. Did you see that video Tim Dillon shared of like people screaming in Wuhan? No. Did you see that video? There's a terrifying video of like someone recorded out their balcony of what it's just like live in Wuhan because the uh-huh. entire city's quarantined. It's quarantined, yeah. And it sounds just like wailing and screaming. But then I saw a post... And again, the post seemed like propaganda. The post was like, people of Wuhan are singing Chinese folk songs to like show support for one another, and like, but it didn't. From yeah. the video, from the first time, <laughs> it, it didn't sound, sound like, like folk songs. It sounded like they're screaming, "Let me out!" Yeah, it sounded like wailing <laughs> in despair out. and in yeah. fear. I mean, I did see the video of uh, all the Iranians chanting "Death to America," but somebody put Mr. Brightside over it. That's so hilarious. It looks like they're singing Mr. Brightside. I, I love shit like that. I remember there was this North Korean propaganda video of uh, like a woman walking her like adorable child to school like through the city streets, mm-hmm. and they're like singing like a little song like la la, and then like uh, somebody it it got leaked and somebody translated it, and like the things that they're singing are like. Death to Western imperialist <laughs> motives. And it's hilarious because it's just this cute little, like, yeah. feel good commercial. Mm-hmm. That's crazy no, shit. Yeah, they're good at it. I mean, North Korea is so interesting. I love I've seen, like, every North Korea documentary on Netflix. I've seen a lot of them, too. Did you ever see the one with, uh, with where Lucy Liu goes in with the team of doctors? This one's on YouTube. It's really good. She, yeah, like, pretends. Didn't they not let her out or something? Wasn't it, like, a whole thing? 
No, that was like I think that was her. S- no, no, she she got out fine. But that might have been like someone else, maybe okay. like her sister or something. Because I do yeah. remember hearing some weird story like that yeah. too. I mean, there's a million stories like that. Shout out Otto Warm Beer. Otto Warm Beer. Otto mm. Warm Beer. R.I.P. I know. I know it was funny. Everyone Usually in America I hate was like warm beer, but like this I'll guy, make an exception for this guy. Peace. Dude, everyone in America was really turned on that guy. They're like, fuck him. Really? Why would you go to North Korea? I mean, yeah, kind of. It does make sense. It's like, why would you open up Pandora's box? But it's still, dude, that guy got fucked up. Yeah. He died of like brain He didn't deserve swelling. what happened yeah. for sure. Yeah. And also the thing that they said about him was that he stole a poster. Right. But like, are we going to trust those outlets? It's literally North not. Korea. Yeah. It's like they're also saying that their people are like not enslaved. Right. So like, why are we going to believe that Otto yeah. Warmbier? Also, if your name is Otto Warmbier and something happens to you like that, people are immediately going to think it's your fault. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like yeah. the equivalent of seeing a white guy with a black eye. Right. Like if, if you have a bruised eye or whatever, people yeah, are going to yeah. think that you got punched in the face because uh-huh. you like mouthed off. Right. Or something like that. My oh. mom has been to China. My, my One of my aunts is like pretty rich. And uh, shout out to my aunt. Love her more than just her wealth. She's mm-hmm. great. Brought my uh, mom to China. And it's so funny to think about now. Like going over there. Like it, it, it's weird how fo- like right now people do seem like there's a lot of anti- anti-China shit being spewed. Yeah. I hate of this going stuff. to AMC theaters now. I never well, I see Chinese people there. The Chinese own it. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what it stands for? American movie Chinese? American movie Chinese, yeah. No, a few... Uh, oh, God, a couple of years ago, I think, actually, the like the largest cinema chain in China bought AMC. Really? And it went through, yeah. So now the Chinese own the largest movie house chain in the world. What about the AMC channel? I've never bridged That's the connection. That's different. They're different. They're not really. First of all, seeing a movie... Something about living in, in a... I don't know if this is all cities, but definitely living in New York City compared to living in the suburbs, you see way more movies in theaters. Yeah. Because there's one, there's, there's just more way more of them. Yeah. It still is expensive as fuck. But dude, movies in New York City is particular, movie theaters in Manhattan are fucked up because of their vertical theaters. Yeah. Like if you go to the Times Square movie theater in Manhattan. And you go up like eight floors. You take like 11 escalators and one of the, es- like a number of the escalators don't have walls on either side. Mm-hmm. So you're literally riding an escalator where if you chose to like hop over the railing, you would just plummet eight floors mm-hmm. down to the yeah. lobby. That shit scares the fuck out scary. of me. Do you remember the one time we went to the AMC, like the one in the East Village, and we had to go, she was like floor seven, and I was like, did she really say seven floors? And you were like, nah, she didn't say floor seven, and we're going up, 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 yeah, up. Yeah, we saw like, Queen fuck, and Slim. It's really seven How was floors. the rest of that, by the way? It was good. It was good. It was pretty good. Uh, I like if that. you're listening and you... Uh, haven't seen it yet and you're waiting for it to come out, don't. It is meant to be seen in a theater full of black people. Yeah, exactly. That is the way to see it. No, the best movie to see in a black theater, I I really feel like this is hard to top. I saw, uh, not Get Out, what's the other one? Us. I saw Us opening weekend in Times Square AMC at like 10 p.m. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. First of all, Us is obviously a great movie, but it was like, it literally was sort of like a Chappelle sketch. Like first of all, there there was a, a massive fight in the movie theater before the movie even started. Mm-hmm. Two women got into a, a, a all out brawl, and like I went, I remember I went with like my friends from Tulane, so I was with like just sort of like a bunch of very white wealthy Jewish people, and like we were sitting in the theater, and it was sold out. There was a fight before the the movie even started. 
there was people when the movie started there was people smoking weed in the theater mm-hmm. and I'm a, I love this I think this is great I think that's a fun way to see a movie like that doesn't bother me in the slightest I think it actually made the experience way better like a dude two rows behind me is literally like sparking up a one hitter mm-hmm. and then the best part of the whole movie Oh, one guy's literally filming the movie, but not for the purpose of pirating it, just to put it on his Instagram story. <laughs> like, he literally filmed the movie, like, 10 seconds of the movie to put on his Instagram story, and then, like, watched it, like, four times. That's hysterical. Like, while the movie's playing, oh, he's yeah. just watching his own recording <laughs> of the last 10 seconds. And then the kicker, this is the best part, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Us, every time a white person got killed on screen the theater cheered. It was amazing. And in the movie Us, there's like 15, like there's like 15 white people getting murdered scenes and like a number of them are like young white people. There's a scene where this like pair of white teenagers gets murdered by one of the black characters and it's, first of all, it's awesome. Like she like hits him in the head with a golf club. Like it's just a sick scene regardless. But being in the theater when like, uh, the 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 daughter like the daughter of the protagonist or whatever of the black family hits the white girl teenager with a golf club mm-hmm. the the theater went wild like i'm talking cheering claps <laughs> yelling laughing running up and down yeah, the stairs yeah you know, it was fucking hilarious uh-huh. I, I i i i loved it i thought it was a really fucking great time yeah. and then, going back to like a i think the next movie i saw was in like some sort of kind of like stuffy Williamsburg theater. And I was like, mm. man, this is w- missing a lot of the zhuzh. Yeah. A lot of the pizzazz. Mm. I saw the lighthouse uh, in like Williamsburg. And that yeah. already is uh, going to be a crowd that's annoying. Right. Like yeah. I'm annoyed at how much, I mean, I loved the lighthouse and I love movies like that. But like, that's one of those movies where like, I feel like a lot of the people who like it, including me, are just get so douchey, like film critic right. about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, did you hear they shot it in uh-huh. a unique aspect ratio <laughs> that's only in 1912? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Which I, is a... Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. What were yeah, you saying? No I'm, no, I'm still, like, traumatized just from my, my four years of film school. Like, I was just going to transition yeah, into that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You beat me to it. Mm-hmm. Luke is an NYU film school graduate. Yeah, I did graduate. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, most of the, um, like, friends that I have now, like, didn't finish college. And some people, you can sense that they're, like, kind of insecure about it. For yeah. me, I am insecure about finishing. Because I knew it was a scam. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I still stayed there. And whole NYU time. is a particularly expensive college. Yeah. I was so insecure for like f- the first maybe five or six months after I dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dropped out of a much less prestigious college. Shout out to Brooklyn College. Uh, and I was also a film student. Uh, and now, now I don't feel that way at all. Now yeah. I feel like I'm just burrowed burrowed into a routine enough where I'm like, fuck it, I don't, I don't yeah, give Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't, you can honestly, I mean, I don't think that any, like, job is going to look that deeply into your education history. Also, if you're going, if you're doing stuff like what we're doing, like trying to, you know, make it a, right. a stand-up or an actor or whatever, like, the places that you're working don't really give a fuck. Right. And also, even the places that might, like, I know a lot of, some comics that work at temp, temp agencies, mm-hmm. you 1,000% could just lie on your resume at a temp agency. Yeah. Like you could just put, oh, I graduated from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was a business major. Yeah. Like it's a temp agency. Yeah. They're not going to check mm-hmm. at all. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by NYU because I uh, was considering going there. Mm-hmm. I like when I, I, I was at Westchester Community College, shout out Westchester Community College, also known as Harvard on the Hudson. Oh, yeah. Harvard on the Hudson River. It's a fun little local joke there. Mm. Uh, and when I left, I, 
I wanted to go to film school in New York City, so I was like, oh, I'll either do NYU or I'll go to Brooklyn College. And like NYU seemed sick, but I didn't even end up applying because it just seemed so like kind of like glossy and like bureaucratic. But I think part of me thinks I didn't apply because I just chickened out. Yeah. Like I I told myself I wanted a more hands-off thing. Like I would go to Brooklyn College where – because I visited – I kind of visited both campuses. I never did an official tour of NYU, but like I went to Brooklyn College and just like walked around. I was like, oh, this seems like a place where you can kind of like, you'll take the classes and then it'll see, see, it seems a little bit more like laissez faire, you know, like just take it. The equipment is probably less sought after. They're probably less crazy about it and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. They don't even let you take out equipment unless you're like, in a class and you're making like a project for a class. Like if you just wanted to shoot shit with your friends, like you, you were on your own, which is insane. Cause yeah. I was just talking to somebody who's doing something at New York film Academy. And, yeah. uh, w- it, once you sign up, you get to use their equipment room for life. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So even if you're just doing like a two year program, as long as you graduate from it, you get to rent their equipment that's for life for free. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I want, yeah, that's, that's insane. I, I, I have somewhat of a fascination with NYU, so I want to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it, I it's think, is, away. like, a little projection of, like, uh, like, um, like, uh, like, I like to shit on it a lot, and I Me think too. part of it is, Me like, too. oh, I could have, I could have done that. <laughs> I didn't even, like, try, I didn't even apply. I, I, I didn't even want to deal with the risk of getting rejected. Right. It's almost like it seemed like this thing where it was, like, oh, I'm going to focus on all the negatives about this place, so that mm-hmm. way I don't have to deal with the potential failure of getting rejected from it. Yeah. And I also think some of that even has to do with... Dude, NYU in certain aspects is, like, elite as fuck. Like, NYU students, like, have shit fucking going on. I, like, write at some coffee shop near near NYU, like, the Think Coffee near Washington Square. Oh, the one on Mercer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, dude... It's a huge school, so, like, a a grade of NYU is, like, 15,000 people, right? Probably. Like, there are people who have shit going on, dude. Yeah. Like... They're rich as fuck. Their yeah. careers are like already set up. Yeah. Which is weird, dude. NYU is like New York's like little Hollywood. It is. It's yeah, creepy. absolutely is. It's insane. And the thing is, like, even before people get in, I remember like I went to one of the freshman orientations. Like this was before we even started. I was still in high school. And they um were talking about like they were just listing the accomplishments of like the some of the people in the incoming class and it's like one is the publisher of her own magazine that's syndicated nationwide one is an olympic gold medalist one is like the star of a disney channel show mm. one is this that the other and i'm just like well one fuck invented me. a website <laughs> the other is like made like nine algorithms like yeah. i created an algorithm i don't even know what the fucking algorithm is yeah me neither and they're just so a part of our lives yeah. these algorithms i know yeah it it is weird nyu Especially the sort of their 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 main things are obviously the film school, the business school, and the law school mm-hmm. are kind of like their main things, and they're both the like acting too. Uh, yeah, the, the acting same. too, yeah. like in the the name of yeah, the yeah. film school type of thing, mm-hmm. and it it does just feel like it, you know, it does sort of seem like just the top tier of all those things. Yeah. So like the people it attracts are tend to be definitely smart. And creative and interesting people, but also incredibly wealthy, yeah. privileged people. Like yeah. I caught a little bit, a bit about the a bit, bit of that in. Uh, I went to Tulane for a year, mm-hmm. and like there is like a tier of wealth that is just like unrelatable. Yeah, where like Absolutely. private planes and stuff is Absolutely. just like a casual it's, thing. Yeah. Multiple houses, like 
I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like not a rare NYU occurrence to be like, let's fly out to my Colorado house and have like no, 10 dude, people. Dude, literally like, I had a friend who did that. Yeah, <laughs> who had ex- a Colorado house exactly. that fly Christmas too. And it's, yeah. it is strange, especially because what I love about, a cool thing about stand-up is when you get, it, when you get like interacting with certain NYU kids because mm-hmm. like if you take them out of, you know, maybe the sphere of the usual kind of like, shows they would do which are i don't know glossy well produced mm-hmm. maybe they do get people out of like people out because they can like they've got friends they got money mm-hmm. for promotion but like seeing them not in that context seeing them in the context of like the terrible shitty open mic like yeah. with everybody else it's like yeah, oh yeah. we're all equal here yeah it's very interesting because there were people like that like i wasn't really do i didn't do stand up at all in college like i mean i casually would do a couple open mics but i was too much of a pussy so i didn't like go at it as much as i would have liked to but there were people that i knew did it or said that they did it, you know, uh, like while, uh, I was in school and like, and some of them did legitimately and some of them, and some of them didn't like, like some people probably were like really fucking hardcore going at it. Yeah. And then some are like, maybe they book commercial gigs and then like maybe, you know, maybe have done a couple bringers yeah, or, I mean, or even have been booked on a cool show. You see that with like JFL too. Like there's a people who audition for JFL who it's like, you've never seen these people around the scene. Mm-hmm. You've never even seen them, their names on show posters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what it can be is that they're mostly kind of like actors or maybe like influencer-y types whose like yeah. managers got them the audition and shit. Mm-hmm. And if they're funny enough to go through, they'll go through. That's, yeah. that's awesome. But like, it's crazy how, how dense it is. And uh, it's funny running into NYU kids in New York City because like there's sort of different types. Some of them wear it as like, a badge of pride and of, mm. of elitism like oh i go to nyu i'm at the top of the tops and then like some of them are almost like super embarrassed about it in the same way that someone's embarrassed to be rich yeah like you ever meet a rich person who's like really embarrassed that they're rich yeah that is sort of a characteristic like a lot of comics i've met like the, the good comics that i've met from nyu even the ones who are like still in nyu when i would when they're performing or like just graduated mm-hmm. all talked about nyu like in sort of like a, oh my God, I can't stand NYU. Yeah. Like I can't stand NYU kids. I can't, you know, stand like the weird, it, it really is like it's fucking a, Laguna Beach. It is. It's a gigantic circle jerk. It's huge. Yeah. But, it, but it also is like, there's such a crazy, like, I don't know, like upper crust yeah. aspect to it. Oh, 100%. Like it has man. a very Bravo reality show, Real Housewives of New York City energy yeah. combined Absolutely. with like, you know, I don't. I don't even know. Like Zoe One Hundred One yeah. slash fucking like I said, Laguna Beach and yeah, the OC. The interesting thing. I mean, I could speak from my experience, and like it's you're very uh, kind of like segregated by school and by program. So I really only knew other people in my program. Granted, there were like what three hundred per year, so like twelve hundred people. So it, it's essentially it's like you're in high school. Essentially, that was like yeah. the size of my high school. You had a quote that I liked. Something. What did you say about like the way the neighborhood around NYU has been built up to be like? It's like a little like, it's like a little transition into real New York City. You yeah. know, it's like it's like a, it's almost like a little Disney World. NYU. It's a starter City. pack. Yeah, it's a starter pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like a play school. My first city. Exactly. Yeah. It's like for it's for like sort of wealthy kids to like. Let me give you the smoothest, easiest yeah. transition into New York City yeah, yeah. possible. Yeah. Like surrounded by you know, the weird, glossy kind of gourmet deli marketplaces, mm. infinite little weird like highbrow kind of coffee shop type mm-hmm. places, interesting weird little fusion restaurants. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, so much of New York City is that now, I guess. So it's 
it's almost like the little transition places have it like just taken it, it, over. it over. Oh, it did for sure. Um, yeah. And I guess that kind of started before I even came here, but yeah, I mean, I know for like, at least my first semester, I did not, I don't think I went above 14th street. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it, that is, in, that's super interesting too. Cause like it does sort of feel like St. Mark's, the street in the East village is like the starter pack of like how to play in New York city, mm-hmm. you know, how to like go out and have a fun, like it for specifically again, in relation to the NYU conversation, it is like, the, like NYU will show you how to work hard. And now like these little surrounding areas, like right. the East village, whatnot, we'll show you how to play hard for sure. Yeah. And the dorms are all around there too. Like it's the dorms so are all funny. near St. Mark's and like union square. I, I grew up just outside the city. So we would go, to a lot of those places when we were in high school because mm-hmm. we just were desperate to go like drink places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we at that time were kind of probably just as douchey and hateable as like the NYU freshmen and sophomores, but mm-hmm. we were just like a little bit long- younger. Yeah. Like I shamelessly went to St. Mark's many times, not even to go out, just to like go buy like a bong, mm-hmm. you know, and shit like that. It's interesting. But was it a cool bong at least? Yeah, it was a cool yeah, bong, yeah. dude. With tons of percolators. Ooh. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. When you just start smoking, you think like percolators, like the things inside the bong. Uh-huh. You know, you ever see a bong, there'll be like a fucking like chandelier on the inside mm-hmm. of it or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like the, you think that like, oh dude, the smoke goes through that, so it makes it pure. It's like right. the smoke doesn't it's need to smoke. It's smoke. <laughs> it doesn't need to go through an it's obstacle smoke. course to get fucking pure. <laughs> it's literally just smoke. <laughs> Well, let's yeah, talk- yeah, the like the attachments and shit. Let's talk Philly. Yeah, the attachments, yeah. all that shit. You moved here from Philly. Yeah. What What yeah. was your Philly thing like? Was it like what type of Philly scene were you in? Ugh. Well, I I mean I lived in a suburb. Yeah. Um, on the main line? No, I did not live on the main line. I'm not Jewish enough. <laughs> but um, no, main line is like west. I was north, and it was fine. You know, in hindsight, I'm like it was a cool place to grow up. But, you know, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, get me out of here. This is the worst place Did you party in, in high school? No. Really? So yeah. the first time you drank and stuff, you was in New York City? I wouldn't say the f- not the first time that I drank, but the first times that I, like, actually partied mm-hmm. were in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that's um, pretty fucking awesome. It's pretty cool, yeah. That must have been fun as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I remember still, like, very vividly the first time that I got crossfaded. It was like... For listeners at home, that's high on pot and yes, alcohol. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it was, I, it was like during the welcome week, uh, freshman year, which is, it's basically a week of just partying because mm. classes haven't started. You're here. What a special time in college. Just, truly. Everyone is just fucking truly trying to establish their ranks. Yeah. The dorms are just like uh-huh. the most cutthroat that they can ever oh, be. Yeah, yeah. The dorm is like an episode of, is like the show survivor. Yeah. It's like little like packs are forming. Like, different rooms are like, we're the room that has the best pre-games. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that is amazing. People what's, are getting written up. Yeah, what's crazy, though, is, like, um, you know, especially, like, when I like we started there, people kept saying, like, because, you know, art school in general tends to attract people who, like, were fucking losers in high school. Mm-hmm. And so people keep kept saying, like, oh, you know, like, the best thing about, like, NYU and art school is there is no social hierarchy. Everybody is just Which is definite bullshit. Fantastic. Oh, no. And the funniest thing is literally by the end of that first week before classes had even started, it already was established who, like, the hot popular kids were. Mm-hmm. And everybody was sucking their dicks for the entire... Which is so funny because there's so many more things now to determine who becomes the popular kid. Like, I think back in the day, it was simple. 
like prob like before our time, it was like if you were hot, if you were athletic, or you were rich, mm -hmm. you were the cool kid. Mm -hmm. Now there's so many new variables where it's like right. you could be neither. You probably still need at least one, but you can like circumvent that shit by just being like, oh, I have a bang in Instagram. Right. Like my Instagram is not not just in terms of likes, but that's essential. You need to have a lot of likes, but meaning like I have these cool like these good photos. Like here's my photo of like just my cocktail overlooking Mykonos, Greece. Right. And it's like a beautiful, like high resolution, yeah, crisp like, photo. Here's a photo of just my cock in front of the Coliseum. Yeah, literally. And then you compare that to the kid who like put up a picture of like this is the banana I ate today. Uh -huh. It's like that kid with right. that Instagram has no hope of being the cool kid over right. like, oh, this is the limo I took to see, you know, Grizz right. at fucking Bowery Ballroom yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. it, it is weird. I only got like a little taste of this shit because like being around the the youth of the very elite and privileged is very strange because so Tulane is a very wealthy school too and like it is crazy. There, there is no such thing as like limits. Yeah, people have so much money. They like, they really do can just kind of do anything. Yeah, like when it comes to like limos and Ubers and everything. What's super interesting are the kids who get into shit, not even out of the need, like drug dealing. Like it was always weird to see drug dealers at two lanes. It's like you're really wealthy. Uh -huh. Like your parents send you enough money to where you don't need to do this. Right. It's interesting to see the sort of like Heisenberg, Walter White yeah. thrill that they get out of it. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like I had a couple like it was impossible to avoid too was the thing and that's why I felt it was very hard to make friends was because it's just you know I mean you literally come from like two different worlds two different realities there was uh, well, I had one friend who got a million dollars when he turned 21 that's insane like, just think about that and his parents like let him have it it yeah. didn't go to some fun that he can't touch no Jesus Absolutely. Christ yeah that was the thing. Like it was in a fund that he couldn't touch, and when he turned twenty-one, he was able he to. He was able to access to it. Access it. Yeah. And how did he treat it? Was he the type of kid who? How maybe, do you think? Did he <laughs> buy like a car? How do you think? Uh, yeah. Oh, Beamer. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? There was. Oh my God, this story is hilarious. I had one friend who, because uh, I graduated early, and I had one friend ask me, completely seriously, not ironically. So are your parents going to give you the tuition money that you're saving since you're graduating early? Are they going to give That's you insane. the tuition money for that next semester? That is so fucking insane. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, it's also weird being what? around people who like they've never like really kind of like worked. No, you know, it's like never. the only the only jobs they've never. had are like, yeah, you know, my dad's friend gave me this internship right. or whatever or right. like. I worked at some like bougie nonprofit. Right. Where like it seems like an ethical thing to do because you're working at a nonprofit, but then it's just run by like the most elitist, like, I don't know, fucking social crime oh, sure. people. Yeah, yeah. Like the limousine liberals. Yeah, you know? exactly. Who Not would like love us. to help love to help black people and poor people, but from a distance. Yeah, for exactly. From a healthy distance. <laughs> uh -huh. And yeah. and only if it's like the exact opposite of an anonymous donation. Yeah, it's like if they had the oh, it's the complete it's meaning, literally the meaning opposite. if the if they had the option to only do the anonymous <laughs> oh donation, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't do, do it. it. They just no, wouldn't. it's all for the clout. They wouldn't do it at it's all. It's All for the clout. See, it, it's it is all this shit is weird because like I feel like different. You know, gr growing up in like in in New York or like lower New York in particular, like I had exposure to like lots of different random 
parts of this type of stuff. Like the town next door to me, Rye, New York, was very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's like the type of kids who end up at like, you know, the NYU schools, the, t- the, the, the two-lane schools. I mean, it is more of like a kind of like a waspy type town, so maybe they wouldn't go to like a, a Jewy school like Tulane or whatever, but... Is Tulane Jewy? Tulane's very Jewish. Really? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't think because it's in the South. I just kind of assumed. Yeah, n- it, yeah, it is. It's it it's it's just sort of like a thing. It's uh, yeah. sort of known as a very Jewish school. Mm. And props to it. It's it, the, I've like uh, the friends that I met at Tulane are the most fucking hilarious fucking people. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, that, that that shit is weird, man. I was exposed to that early. Just like. The, the uber wealth. Yeah. You know, because, like, the, I, my town certainly had really wealthy people, but it also had, like, some far more working class people. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 like, worked in the rich town. Like, the rich town next door, Rye, had, like, country clubs that, like, I worked at. And I got to know some of those kids who lived in that town because uh, just just through random shit. Like, I did CCD, like, religious education shit over there because I went to public school. Mm-hmm. And, like, being around that level of wealth is crazy. It just makes the kids so much crazier. Yeah. Like, more kids I know have died from that town than from, like, you know, even poorer towns. Right, because they're all the ones who were, like, on drugs in high school and stuff. ODing and shit. There was, in my town, we really didn't have a lot of, like, wealth. Like, the people that we, to us, were, like, rich. It was like, oh, her mom's a doctor, and they have, like, they live in, like, the country club town. But, you Mm -hmm. know, once I went to NYU, I was like, oh, my God, those people are fucking peasants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there was, like, what, there was one street. It's literally called Paradise Drive. It's, like, gated. You have to buzz to even get through the gate. It's, like, secluded. And it's, like, a few mansions. Like, the former owner of the Sixers lives there. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. they have. Like What's a, his name? Pat something or whatever. Last name is Katz. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, there were a couple. I think there were maybe, like, three houses in the development. And all those kids were into drugs. Yeah. Like, all of them. Growing up, whenever you'd meet boarding and like, school And, like, in, like, middle kids, school I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah. 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 I... My town, my public school, again, like, it, it did have, like, a... So, I grew up in Harrison. It did have a very more, like... There was, there is wealth in Harrison, don't get me wrong, but like overall, it did have more of kind of like a working class feel. Mm-hmm. Like Harrison and Rye, there was like sports rivalries and stuff, and then like the ways the the towns would make fun of one another is like Rye would call Harrison like, you know, a dumb, poor, trashy town, sure. and then we would call their town like a rich, stuck up. It's like Pawnee and Eagleton. Yeah, exa- literally exactly that. Yeah, and uh, I began hanging out with kids in Rye because I wasn't going to go to my town's public high school. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to a Catholic school in the Bronx and uh, there was a couple kids from Rye who, who were going there and so I met started hanging out with some of those kids when I was in like 8th grade and like just the lives that they lived w- were insane with the partying too like mm-hmm. riding around on bikes raiding liquor cabinets mm-hmm. smoking weed yeah. like so quickly then developing in like by like sophomore year into like pills and yeah. coke and molly and shit and it's because these are the kids that can afford to like without their parents even knowing, like pay for a limousine to go to a concert using their fake ID, blah, right. blah, blah. That, that is so crazy. Like I remember I went to like a, like a therapist, like after, after Tulane and I was like taught filling him in about like crazy sh- like shit that had whatever just been going on mm-hmm. in my life. And he was so shocked to hear about like the, the extent. Cause you, you think of like the wealthy kids as being like the goody goody kids, but in reality it's, I don't. it's so not. Do people think that? I think, I think it is sort of like a, 
it's like a paradox where it is a trope where it's looked as like, oh, the suburbs are supposed to be boring and they're supposed to be simple and it's supposed to be like everything's supposed to be perfect. But then also at the same time, we also acknowledge the same trope where it's like, oh, yeah, the suburbs are behind the place where behind closed doors, it's actually the craziest. For sure. Like the David Lynch film. What's it called? Fucking Blue Velvet. No, Blue Velvet. Velvet, Um, So so it really really is weird because a lot of these kids also are wealthy and privileged enough where they can be high achieving. Where, you know, they have, like, the tutors and, and, the and the stuff. Exactly. Where they can get good grades in school, mm-hmm. but then they party so hard. Like, it's like the Jordan Belfort complex. Yeah. Where it's like, I need to be the best achiever, but I also need to be the dude who, like, parties the hardest yeah. and, and is the craziest. Uh, and don't get me wrong. It is fun as fuck to party with these people yeah. to an extent. I think for me personally, it wasn't sustainable. And it and honestly kind of changed my relation to partying, I think, at a younger age than most people. Like... Don't get me wrong. I still like to get fucked up and still get to do fun shit like that. But I do. I think I do it in such a different way. Mm-hmm. Like the idea now of going out to like, I think we've talked about this before. Going out to like, you know, pianos in the Lower yeah. East Side and like waiting in line. Pretty much waiting in line to get anywhere mm-hmm. in terms of like a night out. It's like just not going to be on my agenda <laughs> yeah the, i mean those are honestly for me at least i mean because just being in a small space that's packed with people is not fun unless i'm just like on a fuck ton of substances like if mm. there's not coke or molly involved i'm it's not gonna happen yeah you know that's like a, what maybe it a concert to make it enjoyable a concert's fine i'll yeah, wait yeah, i'll yeah. wait online for a concert but yeah. when it comes to like going to a bar no if i'm just fucking like dancing like yeah, no. fuck that. And also the cool thing about the city is you can find the places that are like a nice little in-between where it's like it's the perfect in-between for like the dead, completely dead bar where nothing is happening. And, you know, the places like in Arlene's Grocery or Pianos where mm-hmm. like, you know, you're waiting in line for 45 minutes. Right. You walk inside. You can't hear anybody right. talking. Like the drinks are $11. Uh-huh. Like it you, used to drive me crazy going to those bars and it's like you'd spend 25 minutes trying to get a drink. I know. That's then, what the Stonewall is like. Oh my God, have you ever been to the Stonewall? I've done no, I've never been to the Stonewall. I've done stand up at the Duplex, yeah, yeah. but I've never been to the Stonewall. No. Uh, the Stonewall is like that. You're, yeah. I mean, it takes at least twenty five minutes to get a drink. Yeah, that at sucks. Least. It's insane. And then the bartender is also like justifiably so allowed to be so shitty to you oh, because yeah, it's yeah. that packed. Because yeah, New York City. This is such another weird thing about New York. Is like New York City has probably the best and worst bartenders in the world. <laughs> like Definitely. on a Saturday night, in a way, they are the best bartenders in the world because they can handle that capacity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you go there when it's like not busy, and some of them still have that attitude. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, there's eleven people here. Like yeah. you do not need to be that much of a dick. Mm-hmm. New York is the place where even if you are seriously like in the process of reaching towards your wallet to give the bartender a tip. They will have no hesitation in being like, no fucking tip. Right. And it's like, dude, now you've put me in a weird position where like I was gonna I was reaching towards my wallet to tip you, but now you're being a real fucking asshole about this. Uh-huh. And I work at the I work at a bar. I work at fucking waiting tables. So like I'm not saying like mm-hmm. I'm not like some elitist who's shitting on bartenders. It's just right. it's annoying. Like I, I was at oh, a yeah. I did a some bar show in Queens and I got a drink ticket. And so I gave the drink ticket to the bartender, like, hey, can I uh get a vodka soda? And she took the ticket and like slow, like just looked at the ticket and like looked at me and like looked at the ticket and looked at me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, is it only for beers? Like, mm-hmm. is it not for well drinks or whatever? And she's like, no, just like usually the comics tip when they, uh, when they get a drink. And I hadn't even gotten the drink yet. Right. Like I just gave her the ticket, uh-huh. you know? So it's like, and also how do you know I'm not going to open up a tab or right. whatever? That's like weird. that shit happens 
so much, man. Mm-hmm. New York City bartender is one of those jobs where like there is all the tropes about like how crazy it is and how hard it is. So it kind of like gives them leeway to lean into that identity and be like, I'm a dick. I guess. Like, fuck you. You're a shitty customer. I don't give a fuck. I don't need you. Look at how many fucking people are here. Yeah. I-, I was at a bar in Bushwick one time. My friend asked what beers were on tap. Mm-hmm. And the bartender goes, why don't you look for yourself? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, that would never happen Funny. at some sleepy little Kansas bar no. or whatever. No. It's it's hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. But, but also, like, why couldn't your friend look for themselves? I, we, he didn't, I, you don't even think about that. Like, when you're at a bar, do you think about that? You, you also, I mean, I, you I see the tap look heads, the tap. It, it has a picture of like a pumpkin on it. What brand of beer is mm. that? It has a, some random thing. You don't know what the fuck it is. I guess. Some bars actually don't have, um, like, don't have the... Things the, on them. the thing on the top yeah, to yeah. let you know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Starliner doesn't. The Starliner. I do like that place though, and the fried chicken in the back. Yeah, it's a good spot. Oh my god, I had. Uh, have you ever heard of or had Fuku fried chicken? No. What the fuck is that? Fuku. So it's Mama Fuku. Uh, David Chang, the guy who like is the Mama Fuku guy, uh, created Fuku. It's their take on fried chicken. It, it is fried chicken. Uh, it, I found out there was one in the East Village, like literally two blocks from where I used to live. It was on 10th and 1st. And I realized, oh my God, I walked past this place a million times and thought it was like is shitty because the logo looks shitty. Is it good? But, yeah, I had it yesterday because there's one in my building at work. Oh my God, it was the best chicken sandwich. Really? Had. Better than yeah. the classic Popeyes? Yeah. I mean, it costs more, but like. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Man. That is like the allure of the Popeyes. It's like, it's the equivalent of like a. It's the equivalent of like a thirteen dollar good like bar yeah, chicken sandwich, it is. but it's only for like four bucks. It is, yeah. I mean, for four bucks, it's a fucking steal. It's very worth the value, in my opinion. Um, you once told me that you would think you were thinking of moving to L.A. What do you still think about that? Do you think you'll ever go out to L.A. or not? Not ever, but like in the near future, hmm. maybe a couple of years. I've I've never been to be honest, so I want to. I really so you'd I've need been, to visit before you up and move. Yeah, exactly. I've been very curious to see how the other half lives. Because yeah. being from the East Coast, uh, that whole like culture of like fake happiness is very foreign to me. Yeah, uh, some of it seems, some of it does seem real. I think mo- I think the fakeness comes. It's like more fake interactions. Yeah, that that pisses me off. Yeah, because I'm so not like that. I'm very much like if I have a problem with you, I will. Like, I think you'll know. West coasters look like the criticism they would have about like. East Coasters, particularly New Yorkers, is they would consider what we consider being honest and kind of blunt. And they mm-hmm. would consider it just being mean. Right. And uh, it's so weird because, like, I think in the East Coast, you begin to develop a type of thing where, like, that type of honesty and bluntness and even, you know, like, harsher ball busting mm-hmm. actually feels intimate. Yeah. Like, that that, that sort of friendship, you know? Absolutely. Like, it's a way of, like, and again, this probably seems like such a fucking cliche or whatever but like the people you can actually like co- comfortably make fun of yeah. it's almost like a sign of of how close you are oh, 100%. Friends. yeah yeah the west coast to me like the la my vibe on it is i feel like you could be as a person i think you can be way healthier out there mm-hmm. both physically and mentally it's yeah. just much more conducive to being healthy it is like new york city but the but the drawback is it, it does seem more boring New York City seems far more entertaining, yeah, definitely. but it's way less healthier. Like mm-hmm. on all accounts, man. Like in New York, on literally every single account. Like in LA, you got to get somewhere. It's like, oh, I'll hop in my car. Right. New York, it's like you take the disgusting, filthy subway where you're breathing in skin particles and uh-huh. stepping over piss and yeah. there's litter. 
so New York City is inherently just less healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got the rats carrying like six diseases. Crazy diseases. Stepping over you. But like the density is what makes it so like it's easy to, to be entertained here because like you don't have to travel far distances no. to do cool shit. It's great. Yeah. But LA does seem like, you know, you can actually go to the beach and go swimming or go hike on a fucking go hike somewhere. Yeah. Everyone out, and also I think more people in LA they do seem more obsessed with being healthy than in New York. Definitely, definitely like the health definitely. culture out there is so much more but intense. But also, it's not even like the, that's always what I find so amusing that the like quote unquote health culture like is really not that healthy. It's like appearance, healthy appearance. You know, mm-hmm. it's like appearing to be healthy. And Morgan Spurlock, uh, he just came out with a sequel to Super Size Me, and he talks about in that he calls it the health halo. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, we're making it sound like it's healthy by using words like whole grain, organic, extra virgin, this, that, the other, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It doesn't fucking mean anything, you know? Yeah, it's that's just, it's true. All, it's all just mental. It's making you think that it's healthier. Like, for example, like, all these fucking health nuts are obsessed with smoothies. They're obsessed with juices. They're obsessed with, like, acai bowls. That shit is literally just sugar. It's uh-huh. literally just carbs, and you're getting rid of all the fiber when you make a smoothie. You're getting rid of all the fiber when you juice. Yeah. So you're literally just giving yourself a fucking shot of sugar. Yeah, I'm on the fence crash. with that because the vegetable juices, though, I do. I personally do feel better when I eat, like, drink a vegetable juice. I've never had a vegetable juice. I, I, I Like, when I was sick and shit, that shit does make you feel better. Really? I Yeah, I agree. And also, this is, we are so biased because the people in L.A. that we hear about are, like, the wealthy, rich, right. famous people or whatever. But it does seem like everyone is so truly health conscious there like whether it comes down to like well because it's a it's a beach town you have your shirt off all the time yeah, yeah. exercising meditating drinking mm-hmm. green juice yeah like Which i could get on board with that shit i, you know? I feel like I, I i feel like i could too like i every now and then i get to a point in new york where it's like you are so treating your mind and body like shit oh absolutely dude like the past year when i was uh unemployed and just like kind of doing myself and I was just like oh I want to like live like you know this is the year that I'm gonna I had saved enough money up and I was like I'm gonna like go out I'm gonna like do a ton of stand-up I'm gonna do everything you know I was making up for all the lost time that I wasted working I was just like I'm gonna do everything and I mean I had a nervous breakdown after probably like six months because you just had too much free time and not even that it was I wasn't sleeping oh I literally was just pushing myself past the brink of exhaustion all the time. Like I was sleeping four hours a night for like, because well, wh- I, why did you have to that? get up in the morning? Because I was forcing myself to, uh, so, okay. like it, I was establishing a routine. Like I honestly, I was very on top of my shit for a while until I just burned out completely. But like, I would wake up at seven every single day. I would, um, like journal immediately. I would go for a run. I would make some tea. I would mm. exercise. I would like, yeah, it was great. And honestly, I do still, I mean, I try to have a, like a morning routine it waxes and wanes but um i definitely i feel like two different people if i just like wake up and like roll out of bed and rush somewhere versus i have time to like gather my for sure myself for and me my it's being. that it's I, i'm i'm sort of in one of those phases now where it's like it, it's either a i'll roll out of bed and go somewhere or i'll have like you're saying the sort of the productive morning where mm-hmm. i like to like you know like you're saying journal in the morning write a little bit do like a little bit of basic exercise. And I feel so much better when I do that compared to when I get up and just immediately smoke weed. Mm. Cause like my fucking instinct, I, when I get up in the morning, my instinct, like it's just like the number one thing I want is just to smoke a split. Awake and bake helps me. So that's very interesting that you oh, fucks me opposite. up so bad. Like physically experience. I love it so much because physically it eases my transition yeah. from sleep to wake. But 
but in terms of like getting shit done, I'm then just so sluggish and like mm-hmm. whatever. Like, well, how much do you smoke? Like, do you smoke the whole spliff? Yeah, like a whole fucking okay, spliff. Okay, well, that's the problem. Like, it, I, I'm able to kind of like the other a couple of the other days, I, I woke up and took like just two hits. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely more manageable than had I smoked the whole spliff, but like I was way less, I think, at my peak compared to if I just don't smoke at all. Yeah. I like to, um, I'll like load up my vape and I'll just walk around and I'll like hit it while I'm walking. And that's the best because since you're walking, you don't get like as heady high because you have like the oxygen because you're already doing already. something yeah you're already moving also whatever you're doing when you start getting high is what you're gonna do the entire time you're mm-hmm. high like so if you sh- if you're on the if you're on the computer for the right, first 10 seconds gonna... you're gonna be on the computer the whole time yeah so i yeah that 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 yeah. definitely that so i sense. like to do it in motion yeah I, I i do think though that the better way to be at least for like what we're trying to be, and again for myself, is I, I think it is better to wake up in the morning and like try and get shit fucking done. It is. Especially because I, even when I have to work most of the year, I don't have to be at work till seven. Right. So like I, w- I do the same shit you're talking about where like I'll push it, I'll stay up till five, six a.m. Yeah. But the good thing is I could sleep until 2 p.m. Right. And I do that like all the time. Yeah. And now I was I'm, up until like a week ago. Now I'm at the point where it's like I'm getting up at like one or two, I'm going and like writing and working on shit until like maybe four mm-hmm. and then I got to go leave to go do like, I don't know, open mics or whatever bullshit I got to do. And now that's not enough for me. So now I'm like forcing myself to maybe try and get up at noon yeah. so I can have four hours of exactly. it instead of just two. Exactly. And again, this isn't all just like rigorously sitting there writing jokes. Some of this is just like journaling yeah. or like fucking it's so you know, spiritual shit. It's so to me, like just stream of consciousness writing is like the most cathartic. I love doing it before I get into something that requires focus. Yeah. Like, I love doing a journal, like, writing two pages of a journal before I'm going to write jokes because then I feel, like, so much less, like, burdened. Like, you just get out mm-hmm. whatever was just going to be cluttering your mind the yeah. whole time while you were doing it. It's, like, Fantastic. way I need more to write my memoirs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily myself think I ever want to, like, publish a memoir, but I definitely want to get some of these memories down on paper before I, like, lose some of them. Uh-huh. Like, just, like, this random... Random stories and shit. Dude, back to that New York versus LA thing, though. I feel like also LA is more prone to this kind of like new age spirituality. Yeah. Which, again, I think is appealing, but just to an extent. Like, I certainly see like LA people that kind of run away with it. And that exists. Those people exist here, too. Oh, they do. They completely do. Like, getting into like the hardcore. I, at the yoga studio I go to, they call psychedelics medicines. I love that. That's amazing. And people go hardcore with that even particularly in the vein of astrology, but also uh-huh. in New York, it is kind of glorified in New York to be like, you know, like it, it's glorified and looked at as cool and relatable in mm-hmm. New York to be miserable, right. to be like, I treat my body like shit. Right. I, I stayed at the bar till 3 a.m. last night where I feel like if you do kind of try and push that same vibe in LA, people are like, you need help. Yeah, they are. You're yeah. like, you need to go to rehab, yeah, like, yeah. you know, whatever. Whereas in New York, it's like you say all that shit like, I just ate McDonald's and I drank nine beers and everyone's like, what a cool every man. Right. Like, wow, he's yeah. just like us. It's more blue collar, I guess. Yeah, yeah. in a weird way. A it's weird like an way. elitist blue collar. Because, yeah. dude, you think about it, like, you, you think a city like New York and it inherently doesn't seem blue collar, but most of the jobs in New York are blue collar. Yeah. I work a blue collar job. I'm yeah. a waiter. That's yeah. a fucking considered blue collar. Like, yeah. But you wouldn't, you go say that to a guy from Kentucky. It's like, hey, I'm blue collar too. Right. I live out in Brooklyn. Right. You'd be like, no yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. way. You don't know yeah. what the fuck you're I'm saying. I'm actually, oh my God, you would love this book. I'm reading it right now. You've probably seen it, A Vanishing New York. I've heard, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, um, 
back at like the bookstore where Carmine's was, like they pushed it really hard and they had like literally shelves full of it. Uh, and that I think was when I first like saw it. But uh, I'm reading it right now. Oh my god, it's so interesting. And it just it talks about how like over really the last like 50 years, um, the powers that be, whatever powers that be, have been kind of very slowly trying to get rid of all the blue collar jobs and all the blue collar industry so that the wealthy could take the city back mm-hmm. for themselves. Which is literally you were mentioned Hudson Yards, like which is what Hudson Yards is. That's exactly what Hudson Yards Hudson is. Hudson Yards yeah. was marketed and again I got so swept in, into it. I remember seeing an article in the Times it was like Hudson Yards, they're building an entire new neighborhood in New York City. And then you realize it's like, oh it's a neighborhood that like eleven people can afford. Yeah. Literally. Like, no no one who is getting marketed this Hudson Yards idea can like even afford it. They made it sound as if there was going to be this huge park. There is. Yeah, but that uh, the, the Esplanade, that shit is like it's surrounded by the luxury apartment yeah, buildings. Yeah, I know. No, I so work it doesn't in feel Yards. like a public so park. So I've been Yeah, no, it doesn't it at all. It feels like a private park yeah. that you're not supposed to be at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I work in Hudson Yards now, so I'm very um I have a lot of like strong feelings about it right now and it's on my mind a lot. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's a mall. It is. It's they literally built a, mall. a mall. To get to my office, I have to walk through the mall. Like my office is in the mall. Yeah, they built a mall. Yeah. They literally basically took a page out of like the 1980s playbook and was like, we're going to build in New York City what it really needs. A, a mall, mall. A classic With mall. all the stores that are already there. You know what would be funny? It's like a <laughs> it's new. So it's like an, It's like a, a, a crazy elite like 1% mall though. So like the Spencers is like diamond nipple rings and shit like that like (laughs) instead of just like regular plastic ones yeah that pissed me off i mean the whole thing of the hudson yards project like i think the whole thing of the shed is kind of cool like the performing arts space that is cool and it and they do good shows i just found out do you know about like the retractable awning yeah i just found out about that that's cool as fuck i think they do put on good shows and they have good art shows and stuff like that but like the thing that they were what, what what did they say? They 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 marketed it as that the, what ended up just being a mall. They marketed uh-huh. it as like a vertical dining experience, and it's basically <laughs> just like really expensive restaurants, oh, so expensive, stacked on top of each other. And then like the whole interest about it is like most restaurants are on the ground floor. Yeah, these restaurants are on the third floor. Yeah, like that's like the whole fucking thing. It is. Yeah, it's insane. But the only thing that gets that makes me weird feel weird about this whole thing, like everyone's talking about, like vanishing New York. Look at how much New York is changing. It's like. I was just reading a book about the village and it was talking about like the original, um, what's it called? Bohemians, the Bohemians of the village. So like, like the sixties. No, no. Like the 1890s. So like Robert, uh, like who, who's the gay poet? Walt Whitman or Robert Frost? Who's the Allen Ginsberg? No, no. No, That's later. Uh, I I don't know which one. I think it was, I think it was Walt Whitman, I guess either Walt Whitman or Robert Frost. I can't remember him and a bunch of other like, they were known as the what was the word I literally just fucking said? Not Utopia, uh, Bohemian. Bohemian. They were known as the Bohemians. They were like the artists and the writers who, like, their main goal was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to do anything. I just want to loaf about and kind of have fun and like mm-hmm. talk and write and whatever. In eighteen ninety, those they they all published like these little quarterlies like these little like week week weekend weekday newspapers and stuff that were basically just circulated throughout the village and whatever they were writing about in 1890 how like new york city is over really yeah they were That's like funny. Th- the village is nowhere what it used to be <laughs> it's far no- it, it's lost its bohemian edge or whatever so it's like dude everyone in new york city since the beginning of time has been right. saying like oh it's over right. you just right, right. missed it you just right. missed it it was yeah. here and you just totally missed it yeah but it is noticeably creepy how how much things are kind of turning into that like 
that like what I would say is kind of like that glossy millennial modern yeah, feel gross. where it's like everything's like Chipotle style. Yeah, and it's generic. It's a generic. It's generic. That's the thing. It's glossy. It's smooth. It's minimalistic. And it's like everything's sort of marketed towards like simplicity. Right. You know, like, right. you know, the types of stores, like the whole concept of fast casual, like the way a Chipotle looks on the inside or the way like a Cava looks on the inside is what every single store in New York City is is sort of turning into like, like that yeah. kind of sleek yeah uniform like an apple store like exactly yeah. like tech based or whatever mm-hmm. and it does feel weird i think that's why like you know the the at least the poor creative people keep getting pushed further and further, further out, where yeah. we're ultimately just gentrifying the real cool areas that'll then ultimately be, be the I mall know. the mall will just expand the mall's gonna come here oh my god but i mean then what like then what like do you think it's even possible that something like New York City could be over, you know? Because, like, people say, like, oh, no, the cool parts will just expand deeper into Queens or deeper into the Bronx. But it's, like, Queens is so residential. Yeah. And, like, the other parts of Brooklyn that haven't been fully gentrified yet are also, yeah, pretty fucking mostly residential. Mm-hmm. That it's, like, it will there reach a point where, like, just based in terms of physical space will there be no more room for like the cooler actual fun quote unquote authentic places to even exist like will it all just be the fucking hudson yards mall i think about that a lot like yeah as but just being in the hudson yards all the time yeah i mean it's just creepy like it feels so dystopian it feels like i it doesn't feel like i'm in new york it feels like i'm in a fucking like dystopian you're in the twilight zone yeah Seriously, and even, like, you take, like, luckily I don't take the 7 train there. Like, I just walk from Penn Station. But, like, if you do take the 7 train to Hudson Yards, I mean, it, like, the station is so fucking gaudy. It's so just disgusting. There's a glass roof. You go up, like, six steep-ass See, escalators. in terms of the station, I, I fuck with that. Like, let us have a nice subway station. But like, people just, actually use that. But, like, I don't give a fuck about the luxury okay. building that yeah, no yeah, yeah. one I know will ever but, be able to afford. But what I'm saying is you come up out of this station that looks nothing like any of the other stations in the entire system and you come up and you're spat out into this complex that looks nothing like the rest of the city like it just it literally feels like you're being transported to another universe somewhere else to like the wealthy universe yeah it's yeah, really that makes bizarre sense. like it, like what I, one thing that i love to me that does feel like kind of true authentic new york city is like i love emerging whether it be from the subway or the metro north into grand central mm. it's like that couldn't that feels so authentic? It's pretty grand. That exactly. That feels so uh, professional comedian Luke Riley. Everybody, uh, <laughs> that does feel so authentically New York because yeah. one, it's built in that old style. It's it's stone. It's mm. huge. It's magnificent. It's not like modern gaudy. Like right. it's like old gaudy it's old that gaudy. now looks fucking that cool looks and cool. vintage. And also, everyone in Grand Central, they're not there to shop. Everyone in Grand Central is there because they have somewhere that they have to fucking right. go to. Right, right. So it does have that kind of authentic New York City feel where it's like coming out of the Hudson Yards. And when you think about it this way, imagine getting on the 7 train at some random stop in Queens where there still is litter and there still is cheap food and like random individual businesses, not just chains and luxury stores, taking it to the belly of commercialism and capitalism that is fucking Hudson Yards. And then, like you said, getting emerged into this like weird white marble lobby of just like Hermes scarves and fucking Louboutin or whatever. And the Equinox hotel. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. I I think all the, also though our perception is going to get warped. Cause like, I mean, quote, like, you know, hopefully as we get older, we will assumedly at least, you know, hopefully have more money. 
So we'll actually be able, be able to like enjoy those things and it'll probably compromise the way we, we feel about yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then, I, 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 I don't I know. hope at least. They'll, st- they'll, they'll still always be they'll still always be cool parts of New York. Cause even yeah. in the areas that are so expensive now, like it's still fun to like walk around the West village. Mm-hmm. It's still fun to walk down Bedford and Williamsburg. Like it's unattainably wealthy to actually live there and go out there regularly. Yeah. But even just walking down the street and window shopping is interesting mm-hmm. and like fun yeah. and, and, and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, I think just like class wise, it's definitely kind of, and I mean, granted again, like I moved here like after, you know, this, the transition kind of happened, but it definitely feels, especially when you're walking through Manhattan, like it feels like the class wise, it's catering to the upper class for sure. Walking through there being like, I don't even know what the hell we'd be considered class wise. I wouldn't say we're middle class. Like the weird thing is I don't what, what I would consider are, us is like, we're, we're, <laughs> we're low class and it's almost like, and, and we're obviously very, you know, poor mm-hmm. in terms of New York city. Mm-hmm. But I think we both have enough privilege where it's like, if we chose to be less stubborn about what we want to do, we probably could have access to those higher levels of class. Oh, definitely. It's almost like poor by choice. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you can be rich in money or you can be rich in your soul. Exactly. And I'd rather be rich like, in my soul. Like both of us have enough privilege in terms of like the schools we've gotten into or maybe the people we know were like, yeah. yeah, we, someone probably down the line, like through a connection could throw us some sort of, I don't know, sales job or some sort sure. of job where we could access that upper crust. But it's like, but what, you know, yeah. like what would I get from that other yeah. than money? Like for sure. Exactly. Which is why we don't you know. do it. But that's why I, I feel like I don't myself, I don't get to cash in on like, I'm poor in New York city. Uh-huh. Cause someone's like, cause anyone could say to me, it's like, okay, you're a white guy who's been privately educated. If you're poor in New York city, that's by that's your, your own f- choice. Right, right, right. Like that is literally your own choice. Yeah. And it's cause it's like, well, I'd rather take the risk of, I don't know, maybe being still in the grand schemes of New York city poor, but at least poor making money doing comedy, you know? Mm-hmm which is what we'd, we'd want to do. But the weird thing about New York is even in those, it, it totally does feel separated by class in terms of like where you can live. But yeah. everyone is surrounded by everyone all the time. That's true. Meaning like whether or not, you, so like the upper, not, let's, take, let's take like Tribeca. Tribeca is in terms of living there, like actually affording an apartment there or even like a gym in that neighborhood mm-hmm. or a, a restaurant in that neighborhood. Yeah, that is for the rich people. But if you walk around Tribeca because of the nature of New York city, you are surrounded by everybody yeah. because there's still the people that work at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. There's still the people that like work at the bar or, yeah. or maybe even just passing through. Mm-hmm. So that's the weird thing about New York city is in terms of, I've said that like 50 times today, I'm going to listen back to this and <laughs> kill myself, but whatever. Um, it is separated by how rich it is in terms of like where you can live, uh-huh. but everyone's still around each other all the time. Like it, yeah. you'll see that on the subway. You look right. around on the subway, and it's like, oh, here's a guy with one leg and a Starbucks cup asking for change, right. and then also a guy with two iPhone tens on uh-huh. his way to his you know marketing job somewhere. Right. Yeah, I saw Anderson Cooper a couple of weeks ago just casually strolling down Eighth Avenue. I've had a couple of cool celebrity sightings. I saw Alec Baldwin. It was so funny times. when I saw Alec Baldwin. I did such a calculated move because I am like an actual fan of Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I, I I have like an ironic obsession with him. Kind of shout out to Alec Baldwin's podcast on NPR called "Here's the Thing." It's hilarious. If you're a fan of NPR, you would love it because. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. If you're a fan of Alec Baldwin, <laughs> if you're a fan of Alec Baldwin, you would love it because he is so pretentious on it. Uh-huh. Like the intro music to Alec Baldwin's podcast on NPR is like, what's that jazz song where it's like. Ba-ba-da-da. 
It's just the most pretentious of jazz songs. Mm. And then like the intro to Alec Baldwin's podcast is literally, I talk to artists and directors, painters and chefs. What makes them tick? What motivates them? Like it's Alec Baldwin fully committing to like the pensive NPR uh, artistic. Well, that's what NPR stands for. National pretentious radio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, NPR classic. Shout but what was your, here. what was your, Alec oh, Baldwin I, so story? I saw him on the street and, uh, was it in what, the village? It was in the village. It was in the West village. And what, what I really wanted to shout to him is what most people do. It was like, Oh, I loved you on 30 rock. Cause that's what I'm really a fan of him. Uh-huh. Of. But instead I was like, Alec Baldwin, I love your podcast. And he actually looked up and he was like, thanks. Because I bet you in the mind of Alec Baldwin, he's probably so much more artistically proud of the podcast than yeah, 30 rock. Definitely. Cause 30 rock, he's just like kind of the comic relief and shit right, like that. Right, right. Whereas like in the podcast, he's like talking to like, I don't know, fucking, you know, Martin Scorsese about mm. like oh, how a Fellini movie changed his life and shit oh, like wow. that. Who is on the podcast? Anybody of interest? Many, many interesting people. Many of it, it's, it's certainly worth checking out. Okay. He's, he's had Seinfeld on it. Seinfeld on it is great. Cause they like, don't really vibe. Cause Jerry oh, like doesn't fuck fun. with the pretension. It's <laughs> spectacular. Oh, it. oh, that's great. It is truly amazing. I had a friend in college who one time saw, uh, Alec Baldwin well, no. Okay. She's in Washington Square Park, sees a dog, mm. and is, thinks the dog is cute, so bends down, pets the dog, playing with the dog, being like, oh, my God, my cute dog, blah, 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 and then looks up and sees it's Alec Baldwin walking his dog. That's amazing. Yeah. And Alec apparently burst out laughing and was like, this has never happened to me before. That's hilarious. Someone yeah. cares more about the dog uh-huh. than him. When I saw him, he was with his smoking hot wife, who's like a yoga Hilaria. instructor. That's her name? Yeah. Hilaria. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's Hilaria. 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 That's like Hillary Clinton. If if she was Hillary Clinton was sexy. Yeah. If Hillary Clinton Uh was artsy. Yo, did you see, I saw this article, uh, today. It got pushed to my phone. That's how important it was that Mike Bloomberg, mini Mike, as they call him, uh, wants Hillary to be his VP. I saw that, or he said he would consider it, uh-huh. which would be, oh my God. Oh yeah, get ready, if they win, get ready for Mike to mysteriously commit suicide shortly after yeah, the inauguration. F- first president to commit suicide, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with like, and, and you know the funny thing, it'll be with like a dagger that like <laughs> says like the Clintons on it right. or something like that. <laughs> Bill, why did you use our good kitchen um, the monogrammed one. Ah, oh, those crazy motherfuckers. All right, well, if anyone is interested, Luke Riley, where can people find you? Where can people find I me? I have thousands upon thousands yeah, of yeah, teaming yeah, yeah. fans. Ugh, Listeners. Well, I want them. I want them all. Yeah, you can find me. I'm on all the socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's Growly Ass. So it's G-R-A-L-I Ass. A-S-S. Yes, if you can't spell ass. Ass. Uh, I'm trying to build Twitter, and I definitely post more on Twitter than I do on Instagram, so definitely come come follow, especially now that I have an office job. I just spend a lot of time thinking about tweets and making tweets. And so if you're a fan of the podcast who works with Luke, don't snitch on him. Yeah, please don't. Just writing Please don't. They're really tweets good all tweets. Day. All right, yeah, Luke Rowley, a funny comic. Check out his Instagram and his Twitter to see when he's performing around New York City. That's going to do it for us. Thank you to anyone who's listening. We love you. Goodbye. I didn't know I was in for such an event. So I came to a room and opened a door. Oh, snap. Guess what I saw? I felt a tongue.